Welcome to Sober Solutions. We are a weekly recovery podcast, not affiliated with any particular 12-step or recovery program. However, you may hear us mention them. My name is Jason, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Chris, and I'm an alcoholic and addict. My name is Ben, I'm an alcoholic and addict. And welcome back to Sober Solutions Podcast. Tonight is episode 12, and we're going to dive into the topic of health and wellness tonight. I am very excited to have our guest on this evening. Uh, His name's Eric Sierra. He is from uh, Tenerife, Spain. Um, I hope I pronounced that right, Eric. Um, And uh, Eric is actually my personal trainer. Um, I've been working with him for about the last six, seven months. Um, And he has just been a real inspiration to me personally, not just on my fitness journey, but on my sobriety and recovery journey. So uh, I'm very excited to have him here. Welcome, Eric. Hey, well, thanks a lot for having me on. Um, it's, It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Good evening. Excellent. So Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your organization? Oh yeah, sure. So like you said, I'm, I'm from Tenerife Island. That, that was, that was pretty well, pretty well pronounced. Um, I'm a, I'm a fitness coach. I, I basically work with, with guys online trying to help them to basically to learn how to, how to manipulate their body into accomplishing the different, different goals that they may have. Um, I had a, a personal experience where I I had a lot of a lot of struggle trying to try to put on muscle and then trying to try to lose fat. Um, even and that that was a little bit embarrassing because I was an athlete and I was a um, physical education and coaching major. So I was like everyone was was expecting for me to be able to know these things and it was a little bit embarrassing. So I kind of like went on a journey of myself to kind of like learn how to use the food, learn how to use the different um, exercise and workouts to manipulate every, every specific body because we're not all the same. And that's pretty much where my whole um, journey started. Uh, when, I, when I started to, you know, get a little bit deeper into these topics, learning how I could use that information into manipulating my body to accomplish what I wanted. And then I learned how to do that with others. Well, basically that's where I started um, my entire coaching career. But I have a little bit of, and, and you know this, uh, a more holistic approach to fitness because what you can see out, out there is just like, oh, yeah, you got to work hard and, and just like like eat rice, chicken, broccoli all the time, like restrict yourself and all that stuff. And my entire mantra is I'm helping guys take their shirt off with confidence. Um, and it's not about getting you ready to be the, mo- the cover model for some some magazine it's about you learning how to love yourself through the process through the through the progress that you're getting and through the actions that you're taking so um basically that's that's why I, what i do these days that's awesome eric that's that's really great and um you know your your program really has uh helped me in in all those areas that you you talked about um, you know, you, you talk about that, that three-legged stool of uh, the fitness journey, the nutrition journey, and that mental acuity journey. Um, you know, how would someone really get started in this fitness journey? What, what would you recommend to be that one piece of advice to kind of say, this is what I'm going to do to get started? So I, I always I always say the same, and it, and it kind of sounds a little bit of cliche, and I'm sure 
everyone here and, and all the audience have heard this many, many times, but I actually think it's, it's crucial to do it and it's to know why you want to change. Because, uh, I mean, if, if you don't have a strong why, uh, I would advise you to not even start because you're just going to waste your time. You're going to waste your effort that you can put toward other things. Um, and unless you have health problems or, or anything like that, which, by the way, would be a great why, um, there, there's no need, right? If you, don't have a, if you don't have a strong enough why, just don't get into it because you're just going to waste your time. However, I do believe that 99.9% .9 of the people have a strong why they just don't know what it is just yet. And it's just the first thing that I would advise someone who's just getting started is just asking yourself, okay, why do I want to get in shape? Why do I want to lose this weight? What do I want to put in this muscle? Because you, many times you, you're just going to surprise you, yourself with your answers. And that's going to, that's going to be like the, the crucial stone to just keep on, keep on working on, on your, on your fitness. And then we can talk about strategy. We can talk about workouts and, and nutrition and, and all that stuff. But unless there's something that is really driving you, um, like, you, you know, it, there's going to come to a point where you're going to put all the things on top of that and you're not going to prioritize yourself. That's why I always say like, if you do the, the why first, it's going to be way easier for you to put yourself first. So then you can put others um, priorities on top of that. You talk about a why. Uh, when you take on clients, do you, I guess, require or ask them or coach them on how to get their why? So maybe you could use Jason as the example. Mm -hmm. um, was that part of the process? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is part of the. Pro That's actually the very first question that I that I ask anyone who I'm who I'm jumping on the phone to to kind of like consult. Is like, what what do you want to do this right now? Uh, for Jason, I remember it was it was pretty clear. Uh, for him, it was it was super easy because he came to the. He we actually we actually talked. I remember he sent me like like a picture of the way he wanted to look like, and he was like, "Hey, can I <laughs> can I do this in in three months?" And I was like, "Nah, hell no." But uh, <laughs> so, so as any good addict would, you know. <laughs> so he sent you a picture of Chris Helmsworth and said, "You know, yeah, I mean, I mean, close, you know, I, close." It was so it was someone like that. <laughs> do you think I can do this in like three months? And uh, like, obviously, that's that's not true. No, but the good thing about about Jason is that he came in. We had this conversation. It was super clear for him. Um, in his case, I remember he was. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. You were like like two or three months into um you you've been like two or three months sober by that time, right, Jason? Yeah. Yep. I was I was uh, early on. Um, I hadn't hit my ninety days yet, and I had just gotten out of treatment, and I saw this as a new opportunity for me. And you know, I with your model and the way that you were talking about it, it really tied in a lot of the different aspects. Mm -hmm. um, to, from fitness and this healthy journey to this journey of recovery that I was in the middle of starting. So yeah, for, for, for Jason was super clear. Like he got like a big, why he was going through the recovery and he wanted to just, he didn't want to stop there. He, he saw that as something that was really good for him and he saw fitness as like the next step, like now I'm getting sober. This is going to help me. I'll just keep on going. Um, but it is true that for some people, I do, I do stumble to some people who are like, I, I don't know, I just want to get fit. And then we work through that. And that's, that's where the real magic happens. And like I said, I'm not the kind of person who would think like everyone needs to be in shape. Like there's like, if, if you need to be in shape, be in shape, there's going to be people who don't need to be. 
Uh, you can you can just be fine as far as you're healthy, of course. Um, but one of the one of the exercises that we do, and this is like super cliche as well, but it does work really really good, is that I ask my client. I don't think I don't think we did this um, together, Jason. But it was it's just like I, I told him to block thirty to sixty minutes uh, the first week, first couple of weeks that we work, and write down their why, like why did, do, why they want to do that the this program. And then I ask them to ask themselves why like five times. So you do like, why do I want to do this? I want to do this because uh, I want to have a six pack. Okay, but why do I want a six pack? Well, because I want to look good with my shirt up. What, what, where do you want, where do you want to look good with your shirt up? And ask them to do at least five. The reality is that I don't, I don't think none of them have ever done only five. Like they just keep on going deeper and deeper because the first two or three are super easy. Like I can, I can tell to you like on the top of my mind, but then when you get to the fourth or the, five, or the fifth, it's like, why do I really want this? Right. And you start getting deeper and deeper. And like, like I said, like they're doing it by themselves. You just being honest to yourself. You don't need to respond to no one. You don't need to be like politically correct or anything like that. Like deeper desires appear. And then you're going to, you're going to just get to like the deeper why. And that's like something normally, normally does something so strong. That is like, yeah, we, I, I just, I just need to do it, and then, and then, as a coach, <laughs> whenever there starts lacking or something like that, if I have the information, I'm able to just reminding them, hey, you mentioned you wanted to do this because of X, Y, and C. It has this changed. Eric, the uh, I'm, I've been going over your website, and if you guys haven't checked it out yet, yet it's uh, therealfitness.org. And one of the articles I came across was the seven tips you need to follow to set realistic fitness goals adjusted to you. And the parallels I drew to recovery were, were pretty stark, to, you know, uh, to, be, to be honest, setting one goal at a time, make it your own, make it specific, set the bar low, play the long game, be flexible, consider more experienced input. And, you know, for me, I found uh, fitness uh, in rehab, actually, I, I was... I ended up losing 35 pounds. Um, and, and so it was the parallels I drew were it, it's a slow process sometimes, but I found that as I was setting goals, I, I was, I was able to achieve them little by little. And so I, I wanted to hear you talk about, you know, what it's like to, for one of your clients to set those goals. And you touched on it a little bit, but if you go a little deeper and and, and, you know, cause like, like it says in the article, you know, this is, this is a, a long game, you know, and this is fitness sobriety. It's a long game. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what do you find helps when your clients are, are, you know, in need of maybe changing a goal or setting those goals? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one, one of the things that, um, one of my coaches told me once and I, and I can like adopt her as my own is that it's low is smooth and smooth is fast. If you want to, if you want to go quick, um, on these things, it's normally on the majority of the time it's going to be negative. It's going to be counterproductive. That's why um, there's a statistic to say that 97% of the people who lose weight, they gain it all back and even more. Um, it's the problem, the problem with this is that it's super easy for us to say, oh, I want to accomplish this, and that's it. That's, that's my goal. I want, to, I want to lose 20 pounds, for, for example, right? Um, but Inside, inside our program, we have a method to, to set up goals. Uh, it's, not, it's not mine. I think it's, um, it's probably from, um, 
from some book that I read somewhere. Uh, but I've been using it. I've been using it for for um, for some time. And it's the SMART method. So the the SMART is a acronym for it needs to be specific, it needs to be measurable, it needs to be achievable, it needs to be realistic, and it has to have a time depending um, date. So that means that first of all, you want you want it to be really really specific to the point where it's not big. Because if you say, hey, I want to lose weight, like, like what, what does that really mean? That means that when, when you have like, like that full package of cookies and you just ate one and you're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to eat the entire packets because I want to lose weight and I'm going to still going to lose like, you know, 2.2 grams. So you're still, you're still technically losing weight, but you're not achieving your goals, right? It needs to be measurable because you need to figure out a way to know if you're progressing or not. Okay, if you have something like, I don't know, I want to I wanna get smarter, but you don't test yourself, like how do you know you're getting smarter, right? You need to put a measure to that. And then it needs to be achievable. Um, it needs to be something that can, like the, the two, the achievable and realistic, they kind of like go together. You cannot pretend to just become Dwayne the, the Rock Johnson in like a year. Like that's, that's just not going to happen. That would be working hard. And it's just, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. You got to put a time into it because, so this is a, this is a key thing. And I think, I think that can, like, like I said, I, we, we haven't mentioned this yet, but I think it's important uh, for the audience, for your audience. I'm not in recovery. Um, I don't want to pretend like, like I know what you guys are going through or anything like that. But I know that in goal setting, the fact of putting like, like times, like you guys do with the 90 days and the six and the, the extra month and the year and all that stuff, it's super, super powerful because it gives you like a, a goal line that you can see. And it's super important that you set micro goals along the way. Because for example, if you're trying to lose, I, I'm just gonna keep it short. If you're trying to lose 20 pounds, I'm not talking about hundred pounds or, or just like something crazy like that, but like if you wanna lose 20 pounds, that's not going to take a month. It's probably not going to take two. Or some people it's not going to take three, four, five. Like it's going to take some time. And if, you, if the goal line, it's like six months away, you're going to get discouraged because you cannot see it. Like if, you, if you're running a marathon, they put you how many kilometers in are you. And, and this, is, this is because if you don't see the end, the end goal, it's super hard to keep on going, but if you're riding and you see, oh, I'm in kilometer two, or I'm in kilometer five, or I'm just two kilometers away, then you're going to keep on going. So you, it's super, super important that you set micro goals along the way, and also that you reward yourself for them. Because if you're just hitting goals and hitting goals, but like there's no reward to that, and you're waiting to get to the end goal to reward yourself, it's the same thing. At the end, you will get used to the micro goals. So it's super important to set micro goals, reward yourself, and then set another micro goal, reward yourself, and make sure that all those micro goals are actually driving you to the end line. Yeah, I mean, fitness and recovery, you know, you guys made parallels, but it's about the journey. It's not about the end goal. Um, I think, you know, there's never a, it's never like, all right, I lost 20 pounds, let's stop right now, right? You always want to get better. Same with recovery. I mean, it's not like we have a, a year or two years and we're like, all right, we're done. So definitely, like you said, celebrating along the way has been key for me. I think Jason mentioned the pillars and I really want to focus on mental acuity. I think that was one of your uh, pillars. 
you know, in rehab, we had this place called the the uh, the fit the what was it called the fitness center or the uh, yeah, it was a gym. Yeah, it was a gym, but it also had acupuncture, yoga, a wellness um, center, a wellness center. That was it. Yeah, and I mean, Jason and Ben can tell you, I lived at that place. That was the one hour, <laughs> or sometimes during yoga, the couple hours that I just like found myself. Um, but it really wasn't, although I was trying to get bigger, stronger, it wasn't about how I physically looked. It was about what it did for me mentally. So can you maybe touch on the mental side and Mm -hmm. about, uh, how you coach people? Yeah. So I think I I always tell my guys that the, the workouts and the nutrition, um, like at the end of the day, those are important. But unless you have your mind in the right place, you're not going to get far. Like, you, you're just going to, like, do stuff, and then you're just going to end up because your body just needs other things. And the good thing about the good thing about fitness for me in that sense is that it's, it's like a quote-unquote recovery for everything. Because when you, when you have anxiety, when you have depression – when you have a bad week at work, when you have a bad family situation, when you have a bad health situation, when you have like a lot of things on your mind, most of the time, those things are things that you cannot control. Um, you, can, you can learn to manage them, but in, in many situations, you can just not control them. However, you can always control what you do with your body. You can always control what you put in your mouth. So it's kind of like, for me, I've used fitness in the past in, in really, like, when I was in really, really bad moments of my life, as the point where I was like, okay, so my entire day is out of control, but this hour that I'm working out, I'm in control. And that's so empowering that actually makes everything else easier. And for many people, um, I think that they, they talk a little about, like, like, being motivated to go work out and, like, being motivated to be in a fitness journey. But I think it's, it's all the way around. Like, I think when you're actually doing the things that you're supposed to do in the fitness side of things and you're feeling that power of, hey, this, this hour, I'm in control, it just helps everything else. Like, that's why, that's why when I see people who are, like, going through bad, bad places or bad moments in their life, and like, no, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait until everything settles so I can start – uh, taking care of myself, it's like it's it's like the mask on the airplane, right? You cannot you cannot help the little kid or, or or the other person until you put the mask on yourself because otherwise, like you're you're gonna die and they, they're gonna die as well, right? So you gotta take you gotta take care of yourself first, and I think that that mentally is the best thing that you can do. It's um, funny, everyone's laughing because literally last week on the podcast we uh, drew to that analogy. Although Jason reversed it and we had a slight correction, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that was the exact, <laughs> oh yeah, we edited that, but uh, no, that was the exact parallel and I, I definitely agree. <laughs> it, it's, it's all about uh, that journey of self-care and self-love and, you know, um, you were talking a little bit about motivation as well. Um, I, I struggled with this, as you know, that, that, uh, time where I lack that motivation or I demotivate in some way or another. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and how people can kind of get out of that or work themselves out of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have 
two things for you. Uh, what, what do you want? What do you want? The, the, the coach one or, or the, or the caring person one? Yes. Yes. Both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, the caring person one is saying that progress are gonna, is going to, um, is going to give you motivation. Um, do you, do you Jason have experienced that, um, as well when we were making progress, um, is like when we started to make progress, your consistency just went through the roof. And every time we can like hit a little, a little bit of a plateau, that's when the consistency will kind of like go down. Which is counterproductive because when, when everything is going smoothly, uh, you don't need as much uh, consistency as when things are kind of like getting stopped because you need to figure out what's going on so you can fix it. Um, but then there's the coach version of it, uh, which is what I would say is that in my opinion, motivation is for boys and habits are for men. Like you, you gotta like, you, if you, if you keep on waiting for motivation to happen, like motivation is, uh, I can't remember who said this, um, the, but it, it, I heard it somewhere that motivation is not something that you have. It's something that you do. Um, I think it's, well, I, I don't want to quote the right, the wrong guy, the wrong guy, but like you, you develop, you develop the, the like consistency and i and i think this is something that that jason was was saying on the on our on an episode on our podcast a couple of weeks ago he said hey i'm not i'm not gonna miss a meeting with my ceo because i don't feel motivated to have that meeting like i have that on my schedule i might feel like doing it i might not feel like doing it but i'm showing up right so i feel like if you have the systems in place in terms of like it's a schedule uh you already have like everything that you need to do, like, like you block time for that. You, you made that a non-negotiable. You, you can have like whatever system you might want to build around it. You might feel like doing it, might not feel like doing it, but you're going to get it done because it's a habit. It's something that you just do. Like you don't need motivation to brush your teeth every single day and hopefully you do it. Right. Um, so like at the end, at the end of the day, I think it's just an excuse that society has put in into us. Um, and also because there's a lot of like the motivation industry is, is pretty big, right? Like they're telling you, oh, you need this motivation. What's this video at 5 a.m. in the morning so you can get just your day going. Um, that's, a, that's a great tool. I'm not going to say no. Like I use that as well. It's a great tool. can pump you up. Just keep on going. But, but it's not something necessary. It can be a good add up. But at the end of the day, what you need to do is to put yourself first, making it a non-negotiable, which is a system. And then just do it, develop the habit, um, take your time. I, I'm not saying go from zero to 100, but once the habit is established, you're gonna keep on going. And even, even when you have bad weeks, you still, this, this is something that you need to remember for the motivation because a lot of people fall off track because they have like a great two, three months and then they have a bad week, quote unquote bad week, which is that they normally work out four to five times per week and then one week life happens and they can only work out two times. And then the next week is like, oh, but I, but I already slacked off last week, whatever. And you got to just realize, hey, three months ago, you were working, working out zero times per week. So a quote unquote bad week today, it's the best week that you would have like two, three weeks ago. Give yourself credit. Stop, stop crying. <laughs> Keep on going. <laughs> you know, in recovery, we talk a lot about balance. You know, it, you have to have balance. You, you can't just do meetings. You can't just do, uh, you know, 
maybe one particular step that you like if you're working a program. It's about balance. Mm -hmm. And again, a parallel is, you know, like Chris was talking about mental acuity. Uh, obviously, we're talking about fitness, but, it, you know, nutrition's got to be in there, there too. And, you know, I mean, how many, I can't say how many stories, you know, you hear about people who say, oh, I'm, I'm doing just this diet. And it's like, okay, well, how are you working out? And they're not. And it's like, well, so like, if you could go into what is, what is a good balance for, you know, from a dietary perspective look like? Mm -hmm. So I think that it needs to be something realistic, right? Um, I'm not going to lie to you. If you eat rice, broccoli, and chicken alone for a year, you're going to look like like a god but who wants to live like that i don't know i don't know about you guys but i um and jason i don't know i don't know if you saw my stories these days in mexico but i'm i'm eating my weight in pancakes yes you are <laughs> I saw that. Yes. with chocolate and peanut butter toppings you yes. know eric it's funny you say that because when i was single i did eat rice broccoli chicken eggs and like that's literally all i ate and it was the best shape but it was definitely not fun yeah, and yeah. it, you know, then take on the other side, like I enjoy, I don't look like I used to, but I also have two kids, a wife and life. Um, but I enjoy what I'm doing more now with good food, a little more balance, you know, splurging sometimes on ice cream and whatever. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so we get out. So first of all, this is, we're all, we're all going circling back to the why, right? Um, do you want to be a competitor bodybuilder, something like that, like, like a, or a power lifter? If you want to, then I, I just got to tell you straight up, you need to get a meal plan and eat whatever your coach told you to do. But if you just want to be healthy, be fit, look better than, I don't know, your, your, your neighbors or whatever, like you don't need to go as extreme and you can actually develop a balanced life. So I would say move as much as you can and you have a, have a quote-unquote diet that you're going to be able to sustain. Like uh, Jason knows that for me, um, we basically, the only thing that we do, we, we, we control calories and protein. That's all we do. Uh, you can eat as many carbs and as many fats as you want as far as you're heating the protein and the calories. I'm from Spain, and if you don't eat carbs in Spain, like they literally just take your passport well. Like they, they, <laughs> like, they depart you. Yeah. So, so you got you to gotta learn how to I always say use the food and not being used by it um, because all of these like super restrictive approaches only lead to two things. First of all, feeling miserable, like, like what Chris was saying, like it's not fun. And then you're just going to end up binge eating and just like circling all back and just being one part of that 97% of the people who just get back to where it was. So um, I would say like this, obviously I'm a coach, right? I'm, I'm, <laughs> For me, the, the smartest the smartest thing to do is to trust someone who, who knows a little bit more than you to figure out, okay, what's going to be the best strategy for you to go. But if you don't want to go that route, you want to try on solo and invest the time that is going to dedicate for you to like figure out what's going to work for you. I would try different things. But every time you see something that tells you you cannot eat this, just discard it. Because I don't believe, I don't believe there's anything that's bad per se. You can use all the quote-unquote bad foods, you can introduce them into your diet as far as this balanced diet. Um, obviously, like this is, this is the thing. You can, you can literally lose weight eating just Big Macs or Oreos. And then you can literally just gain a lot of weight only eating lettuce. 
Like that's that's a possibility. Now, is it healthy to only eat lettuce and only eat Big Macs? Of course, but don't let anyone tell you that, hey, this is forbidden or this is bad food, this is bad, especially if it's something that you like. Learn how to introduce that into your diet and learn how to use that toward your fitness goals. And that's gonna make everything way fun, way more fun and way more sustainable. I think that's you know a really great point actually because it takes away that dread that you have for your nutrition, right? And so if I draw the corollary to recovery, if I can't find the fun in recovery, and if I think it's gonna be this awful process, then I'm not going to want to do it. And if I'm not going to want to do it, then I'm not going to do it because that's the type of personality I am, you know, but since I've been able to find the fun in recovery and find the fun in fitness and nutrition, it's become part of me and I, I adapt to it. And there are days that I go over my calories or I go under my calories and, you know, I just keep moving forward. Um, you know, I, I can't look back at yesterday because I only live in today. And if I do what I need to today, whether that be in my recovery program or my fitness journey, then I'm doing what I need to do, you know? Awesome. Um, Eric, you, you and I have worked on this a little bit, um, but one of the things that people in early recovery really struggle with is uh, that sleep cycle, you know, and, and really having that anxiety around finding that peace of mind and it might tie to the mental acuity, but can you talk to us a little bit about sleep patterns and how to regulate that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, just, just for a little bit of context, I, I'm really, really interested in this topic just because um, all the way through high school and early college, I had super bad insomnia. I, that's, that's actually, I mean, it brought me a lot of bad things, obviously, because I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. But it brought me like my my passion for the NFL and the NBA. But um, I'm just saying that I, I was the kind of guy who would use sleep a couple hours, go to class, or use don't even sleep at all for like two or three days. So it was really really bad. Um, and there's a lot of different things that you can do to kind of like regulate the process. And one of the problems is that once you realize you're not falling asleep, you start like that anxiety that you mentioned. You start like, oh, I need to fall asleep. I need to fall asleep. I need to fall asleep. Yeah, it's 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 impossible. You, you're gonna you're gonna get impossible. So, the first thing that I would say is that regulating your sleep is gonna be a process, and like everything, you cannot expect it to be done in a week or in two weeks or in three weeks. With that being said, the best strategy that I've found to have a better and a more quality uh, a better quality sleep is to have a routine. Whatever that routine looks like for you, the more consistent you are with that routine, the better sleep you're going to get. Um, this has a lot to do with how your brain reacts to resting. Basically, like your, your brain, we, we work in cycles when we're sleeping. It's normally 90-minute cycles. And at the beginning and at the end of the cycles, your brain is just figuring out, am I safe? Because we're like, like now we're leaving houses and all that stuff. But before you, you had to be like aware of your surroundings and be like, oh, is, is there something going to come here and, and, and kill me? Right. So that's why we talk about like deep sleep and the REM sleep. That's when your body is like sure that everything around you is safe. And it's like, okay, let me just rest. And then over a period, it's going to like kind of like wake up to figure out what's going on around. So that 
small window when you're kind of like figuring out if everything is, um, is safe for you to go to sleep is the most crucial part when it comes to falling asleep. So if you do the same thing every single day, and there's like a lot of things that we can talk about, like, like meditation, you can talk about warm showers, you can talk about uh, having like um, warm lights, which is like yellow instead of um, white, um, reading, a lot of different things that you can like make your routine about. It makes it easier for your brain to, to um, identify the environment as something safe so you can fall asleep. So if you're doing the same thing every single day, every single day, every single day, and every time you go to bed, you sleep or not, maybe, maybe you have insomnia and you only sleep a couple hours, but even those couple hours, your brain is figuring out, okay, so I slept this couple hours in this specific context and everything was good. Like I, I, I wasn't killed last night, right? So next time I'm in this specific context, I'm going to like let myself go a little bit more and a little bit more. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to come to a point where if you have a, like, um, a set of routine, you're going to be able to just go to bed and fall asleep because your brain automatically identifies everything that you did and all the context that you were as a safe environment so you can actually rest. So my best advice for you, and if you guys want to like get any like specific um, ideas for you specifically, uh, feel free to feel free to reach out now and I'll like give you a couple of suggestions, but whatever works for you, just do it as exact as possible every single day. And that's going to trigger your brain to know when it's time to go rest. Yeah, that was uh, very educational. I actually have a very hard time. I don't have a hard time falling asleep. I have a hard time. Number one, I wake up just too early. And then once I'm up, I can't go back to bed. So I'm talking like 3.30, 4 in the morning. Uh, but, you know, one thing you hit on is staying a lot of the, you know, the yoga, the warm showers. That's all about staying present and recovery. One of the biggest downfalls people have is projecting out, you know, two years, five years. And if we're able to stay present, both, you know, for sleep, like you said, you know, if we're, if we're present and we know that we are safe, we will get better sleep. Mm -hmm. So that was a really interesting take. Um, you know, it's almost like, like you were saying back in the caveman days, like, am I safe? Is this animal going to attack me? And that's just now engraved in like our innate nature. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely appreciate that take on sleep. I've actually never heard that. <laughs> well, Eric, you know, thank you so much. And you mentioned if anyone has any questions or even if they want to um, reach out and work with you, which I would highly recommend, um, that they can find you on your website, therealfitness.org. Um, but also, can you tell us what your uh, social media is, your Instagram? Yeah, so um, actually, if you, if you guys want to reach me out, um, social media is going to be the best place. Um, that, that I, haven't, I haven't updated the website in like a year. I need to, I need to work on that. <laughs> but um, yeah, you guys can follow, uh, find me on Instagram mainly. Uh, if you follow at Eric Thinia Fitness, I'm sure... Jason would be able to, to put it somewhere because it's uh, hard to spell in my English. is not that good. So I don't want to put myself in that situation just here. Absolutely. Um, or, or you can just send me a message on Facebook, Eric Sierra Marrero. That's, that's going to be um, way easier. Um, and also, um, well, well I, mean, I mean, Jason, you know, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty open 
in terms of talking, um, I spend my entire day just talking to people, trying to help out as, as many people as possible. Even if you guys are not interested in coaching and you just have like a couple of questions, um, I'll be I'll be happy to help out. Um, just let me know that you comment that you you hear me here in the in the Silver Solutions podcast, and I'll and I'll know uh, the guys are from here. And also, if you guys if you guys are interested into learning more about fitness, um, into listening to Jason talking about his fitness transformation, you guys uh, are more than welcome to listen to the Real Fitness Show, um, with that which is my podcast, and it's in pretty much every uh, podcast uh, platform. Awesome, awesome. You know. The, the last thing I'll say is, um, you know, one of the, one of the biggest concerns I had with um, starting to work with you was that you do live in Spain and I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the responsiveness that you've had, to, I think we talk almost every day, you know, something that I don't think that I would have with a trainer if I had them in real life. I would have them on a set day or set days and I would just see and talk to them then. You know, it, we've really developed that great communication and, and a real friendship. So it's really great to have you on the show tonight. Hey, I, I appreciate you guys for inviting me. And, and yeah, I like, this is what I, what I like to say. When, when you work with someone online, this, this is the why I'm working online. You have the ability to be there when it's needed. Because when I was working like in person, like the person will come like an hour and I will see them. And that's it. Like you, you only know about one hour, but then with the online, like you said, we can, we can talk every single day or we cannot talk in two weeks because everything is perfect, but we have the ability to be there whenever it's needed. So I think that even if you, if you can see, if you're considering starting a fitness journey and first of all, I would recommend you go to get a coach. I'm not saying myself, there's, there's other coaches there. Obviously I think I'm the best option, but you, you guys are free. You guys are free to go. <laughs> But I would highly recommend you guys going for online because I think the ability that you have to just get someone to help you when you really need it, not only just to count your reps and just hold your towel, it's it's like out of this world. But that was a little bit of a rant. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me in the podcast. It was Eric, it, it was absolutely Thank you, pleasure. Eric. I hope you have a great evening and a fun time in Mexico. I'll try to. All Thank right. <laughs> have a good one. He helped me through my sleep as I was in early recovery. The first couple months, I was just, you know, either staying up really late, going to bed really early, waking up in the middle of the night. And it was it was Eric who actually helped me get through that and see sleep as a different way. And like he said, he's not a professional as it relates to sleep. He doesn't have a degree or anything like that. He's not a physician. Um, but he does a lot of research and he brings a lot of evidence-based ideas to his coaching. Um, you know, if you're interested, I would definitely recommend him. Um, he, he's been really, really supportive. Um, and, and you know, me, I, I have this ego from time to time. Uh, yeah. Right. Who me, but I'll tell you what, not in the gym. You were very <laughs> open to, uh, help and you know, you, and also giving the help. So I think, <laughs> I, I think the ego, I think you, you know, we all have our ego, but you're not that bad. In the well, game. I'm coachable. I'm, <laughs> I have to coachable. say I'm, I'm coachable. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that I really like about him is that there are times where he hears the way that I'm, you know, chatting with him and he lets me go what in whatever way I'm going. And then there's other times where he's like, Jason, no, really, we need to do this. <laughs> so we need to do that, you know? 
And so he's he's really exceptional. I'd, I'd highly recommend him. Yeah, that, that article that I came across that I mentioned in the interview, I mean, the parallels to recovery are just there throughout. And really it's, you know, you know, at least for me that, that you know, addiction was a, about having zero balance in my life. It was one or the other. It was, it was everything or nothing. And, you know, uh, not too unlike a, a sponsor, you know, where it says, consider a more experienced input, you know, and it, you mentioned getting a coach and, you know, there are parts of my life that I could definitely use a non AA sponsor. I could use a, I could use a, a sponsor for, you know, any, anything finances, yeah. unless, as long as it's not, you know, Chris telling me to use Bitcoin, but, <laughs> you know, but yeah, joke. Well, a well-balanced portfolio. That's all yeah. I said. <laughs> That's all you heard out of that. Yep. Like yeah. Bitcoin should be maybe five or 10. Anyway, we won't get into crypto. That's on the this other podcast. Yeah. 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 But, no, but you know, one of, one of the other things that he was talking about at the end was his availability of being an online coach. Mm-hmm. I really, what I went immediately to was online meetings. Yep. And how that transformed my recovery yep. from someone who knew the in-person meeting only to go to online only. I mean, the availability of a meeting anytime, anywhere in the world, when I needed it, it was available. Yeah, thousand percent. And that's, you know, people that have listened a bit know that my experience is uh, pretty much exclusively online and through zoom meetings and so my recovery really wouldn't exist in the way it does today without uh that online platform and so to hear that it's that's a correlation i never made before that you could find a fitness coach online and he can make such a profound impact you know that he's and i don't care what he says you you do look like chris helmsworth you you, (laughs) you're coming along quite nicely you know but to have that kind of impact in the realm of fitness is it's another you know testament to the age we're living in and the things that are possible. Jason, would it be too personal to ask what your why has transformed into? Oh, that's a good question. So like you said, we didn't actually do that um, as an exercise together. Um, but the why has really kind of, not kind of, it, it has stayed consistent for me. Um, if you asked me this question prior to me getting sober, it would have been, I want to look good for other people. But since getting sober, it's I want to remain healthy. I want to look good for me. And now I would say I'm on that cusp of I want to look good from the summer and I want to look good when I go outside. And, you know, his the name of his program is, you know, um, helping guys take their shirts off. Right. And so that's something that I want to continue to do. But the downstream effects of what he's brought has always been there. You know, the nutrition piece, the fun. I, I never thought fitness was fun. I always saw it as like a chore. And he's really made it fun and, and really a, a lifestyle. Well, um, that's it for us tonight. Uh, I think uh, Eric was a great guest and we will put all of his contact information into uh, the episode description if you want to reach out to him. Um, And as always, tonight's episode is dedicated to the still sick and suffering alcoholic and addict, especially the individual who's going to pick up for the first time tonight. All right, boys, have a great night. Have a good night. Ditto.
We appreciate your liking and subscribing to our podcast. If you liked what you heard today and would like to support our podcast, feel free to Venmo a dollar to our virtual basket at Sober Solutions Podcast. We want to hear from you too. If you have a comment, question, topic, or would like to come on the show, find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Sober Solutions Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email to SoberSolutionsPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show.